Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This episode is brought to you by ID Shield, the most comprehensive identity theft protection and reputation management solution available. ID Shield provides credit monitoring and alerts, digital privacy management, and guaranteed restoration services. I use it myself, and you can get it too. Visit getoutandtry.wearelegalshield.com. That's getoutandtry.wearelegalshield.com. April is Parkinson's Awareness Month, and Parkinson's is a long-term disorder where the central nervous system degenerates and it affects the motor system. And this episode that you're about to hear is a replay episode for a local business out of Bayport, Minnesota, and they've been affected by Parkinson's in their family. So every April, they hold a fundraiser where a portion of the proceeds are donated to the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. The business I'm talking about is Bread Art. In this interview, you can hear owner Heather talk about their business, how she left the corporate world to run the bakery with her husband, and you'll also hear the story about how Parkinson's has affected their family. And for the entire month of April, you can stop by Bread Art and buy their delicious s'mores cookies, and a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. Check it out. Hi, Heather. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Why don't we start with having you talk about what bread art is? Bread art. So bread art is a full bakery. Um, My husband and I started this about 15 years ago. It is a little mom and pop bakery located just in Bayport. We do everything from scratch right there at the shop. My husband makes, I don't know, about 40 different kinds of breads. And then we do pastries and we do desserts and cookies and bars and wedding cakes. Um, pretty much if it's a baked good, we've got it and they're all delicious. And you said you've been doing that for 15 years. How did it all start? So my husband actually went to school at Johnson & Wales University in Rhode Island for baking and pastry. Um, We came back here to the cities and finally decided we needed to be out on our own. Um, I actually worked in corporate America as as an administrative assistant and decided that we needed to spend more time together and needed to be out on our own doing our own thing. That's a big jump to go from corporate America to owning a bakery. So what was that like for you? (laughs) Yes, that was really difficult. I was used to working Monday through Friday, 7.45 to 4.15, weekends off, and it's a lot different. We work um, 1.30 in the morning pretty much every day depends on you know what's going on and yeah it's it's different but we really enjoy it we really enjoy the little bit more flexibility that we have we've raised four boys while owning the bakery and so it's nice to be able to you know to maybe take a little time off in the morning because they got a school event that we want to go to or change it up a little bit because our kid has a championship baseball game that we want to go to. So let's talk about that first year when you were in business. Did you have a lot of learning curves that you had to get through? <laughs> first year, I think we're still on year, we're on year 15. And I think there's still some learning curves right? we're getting through. <laughs> well, 2020 but, gave us a bunch of learning yeah. curves, but I'm interested really in the beginning. Did. How like What does that even look like for a couple to get together and say, let's pursue our dream? What does that first year look like? It was really scary. The day I gave notice, I actually tried to work both, um, keep my corporate job mm-hmm. and do the bakery. 
and it was not going to work. And that, that day I gave notice at my corporate job was really scary yeah. um, to know that we were going to be all in on this on our own. And then, yeah, just a lot of learning of how do we do this or how do we do that? We had some friends who had owned their own businesses, not food businesses. So mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time talking with them about kind of best practice on business things. But yeah, and then it was just kind of making friends with people around the area to to learn from others who have been there and done that. Yeah. So for you, you weren't classically trained like your husband. No, I'm not. I am I am trained by my husband. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how's your learning curve been over the last 15 years? It's it's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I remember saying to my husband back in year one, he would always tell me something is done when it's done. I'm like, well, give me a time. How long should it be in the oven? He's like, I don't know. It's just done when it's done. And that would always frustrate me. And now I find myself saying that when I'm training somebody, I'm like, well, I don't know the time. It's just done when it's done. And it's like, oh, goodness. I. <laughs> it becomes an art, I suppose, after yeah. you've done it for long enough where you just know So how did you guys split up? Who would do what? Did you do all of the business side at the beginning and then he did all the baking or did you jump right in? No, I jumped right in. We have the bakery split in half where he does everything with yeast and I do everything without. And then we share the business responsibilities. He pays all the bills and I work on advertising and marketing and human resources and things like that. You have a very robust menu for being a small mom and pop shop. You also have wholesale and you also have wedding cakes that you do. Did that all exist right in the beginning or have you added that over the years? That all existed in the beginning, but we've definitely added more to it over the years. Um, Right now, we currently have maybe 15 or 20 wholesale accounts that we do, and we're up to about four weddings a weekend, depending on the size of the wedding that we can handle. So the wholesale Um, accounts that you have, are those restaurants generally? Generally restaurants. We do also provide uh, baked goods to the co-op in Stillwater and to Jordan's Meat Market and Deli down in Lakeland. So a couple of retail places. So what's your day off then? (laughs) (laughs) Currently, I call it my day off. My day off is Sunday. Um, It's also what I I call my computer day, the day where I get to, I still get up. I sleep in, I tell everybody. I sleep in until about 2 (laughs) a.m. And then I get up and I work on the computer until the kids get up and then we we hang out for the day. What are your sleeping hours then? <laughs> we go to bed at 5 p.m. Okay. Um, every day I try to stay up late on my, my night off. Late means like last Saturday, I think I fell asleep on the couch about 7. Yeah, and it, it gets a little difficult raising children when you're on such a different sleep schedule than everybody else. Yeah. But, We have, my parents live real close to us, about a mile or two. And so they have been there through this whole time and they've been real good about helping us with events that we can't get to yeah, and taking the kids to the things that they need to do. What made you guys choose Bayport? It's just this sweet little town, just cute and quaint. It's... It's perfect, in my opinion. It's what I call Mayberry. Yeah, absolutely. And this summer is going to be much better than last summer for you guys because you got hit with a double whammy between a pandemic and then the biggest nightmare of road construction right in front of your area, right? Yes, it was absolutely terrible. They uh, tore up the whole road right in front of us. They were really good. The construction guys would come in and let us know what was going on, and they would always try to at least leave 
one lane of traffic open um, and one access to our business so that we could get in and out. But it was it was terrible. The only good news was since the pandemic happened, they started earlier than they had planned, which meant that they got done earlier mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so that's that was good. Kind of nice. Yeah. Did you have a shift in the product that you actually went through during the pandemic when things were shut down? Did you go through a lot more bread because there was empty shelves for a little bit there? Yes, actually, we did. We went through bread real fast when the shelves started to empty at the grocery stores. And it's still kind of, we're keeping up with it. Uh, Still now, people are enjoying the fresh made bread rather than the factory made bread at the grocery stores. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking that that probably was actually a really good thing for people to realize just how much better fresh bread tastes than something with preservatives that's going to last for a week and a half on your counter. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the principles and kind of your your values within the bakery. You said no preservatives, no additives, correct? Correct. And that's something Mm -hmm. that you hold true through all of your products. That's correct. Yeah, we don't bake with any preservatives or additives at all. We bake like what I say, like grandma used to. Um, It's all ingredients that you are familiar with, that you know, nothing that you can't pronounce. And I just, I like that just good, wholesome feeling of, you know what you're putting in your body. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are realizing more and more how important it is to be able to look at what's going into your body and what what kind of long-term impact it has on your body. Um, Have you guys delved into the gluten-free area? We do not. Um, We asked our health inspector about it, and she said technically we can't because there's so much gluten in the air at the bakery Mm -hmm. that we can't even say anything is gluten-free. She said you'd have to clean your, your heating and air conditioning system every time. Wow. Yeah. And and if you looked at the inside of our car, you'd you'd realize. I mean, we just go out of there like wearing a coat of flour. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so my mom is actually celiac. Okay. And so I'm very aware of the um, negative impacts it would have on somebody if they were to be even just mildly contaminated. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of your biggest movers? What's some of your signature items that people know you for? Oh, our best item is our kolache. It's like a Czechoslovakian Danish. So it's a flaky pastry filled with a cream cheese filling. And then it's got um, a fruit in it as well. And we have currently we have 12 different flavors, but we brought two on just for Girl Scout cookie season. Otherwise, we normally have just 10. Okay. And that's probably our best seller. And that's what we're best known for. And they are fantastic. So if someone wanted to grab those for, you know, in place of a pack of donuts, are you able to supply that when they walk in or is that something they would want to pre-order? We always recommend pre-ordering is the best just so that we know we have it. We have a tendency to sell out, which um, is great. But if you come in at two o'clock in the afternoon and you really have your heart set on a strawberry kolache, it may or may not be there. Yeah. We recommend people call and, and order ahead of time, just just so that we know, and we'll make that just for you and get that set aside. So let's help educate people. So I grew up in the food industry and catering industry as well. Let's help educate people on lead times for ordering some certain amounts. 
and maybe just talk through why yeah. you need that lead time. So uh, there's there's a whole system in place, whether it be ordering enough product in and having staff to bake it, those kind of things. So what are the different thresholds for, for ordering lead time that you would tell someone? We tell everybody 48 hours. We need a minimum 48 hours. And that is because, yeah, we do have to make sure that we have, because everything is made from scratch. So we have to make sure that we have the ingredients for that ready to go. Now, I only order from my suppliers once a week. And so it makes it a little difficult to do large orders. But we, you know, we do the best we can. A lot of my suppliers are local. And so if I have to, I run to their warehouses and pick up supplies. Yeah. The other hard thing, cake orders, we require 48 hours, but it's getting to be some of these cake orders, like those adorable unicorn cakes, Mm -hmm. the the horn that sits on that cake has to dry and that has to dry for anywhere from two to three days. Oh, And so otherwise, if it's not dry, it doesn't stay standing, it it flops over. Yeah. And so we, we try to tell people if you want something really special, sometimes special cake orders, at least a week if you could. Yeah. Um, just so that we make sure that we can get all those pieces together and that they're perfect for you. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of moving parts. And I remember having certain customers that would say, well, are you kidding me? Aren't you a caterer? Or aren't you, you know, for in your case, it'd be, are you kidding me? Aren't you a bakery? And it's like, yeah, a small bakery that <laughs> we have our standard stuff that we have. Uh, but when it comes to a larger or a very customized order, you've got to make sure that you've got the product on hand and then also enough time to actually make it so that it holds up to the quality standards that you hold yourself to. Right. Yeah. And that's I, I had a, a person call at like two o'clock in the afternoon. She wanted to pick up 24 cupcakes at seven o'clock the next morning. And she didn't understand why I couldn't get that done. Let and alone the fact that you've oh. got four teenage boys and you've got to go to bed yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I said. Because like, yeah. I go to bed and, and I need to, you know, it takes time to mix the cake from scratch yep. and bake it and cool it and make the frosting from scratch and not frost hot cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any breads that have become signature items for you now that you're selling a lot more breads that are fresh? I personally love, and I think it's one of our good sellers. He only makes it on Saturday. It's our fugas bread. It's a flat Italian bread with olive oil and herbs and spices on it. Mm-hmm. I tell him he needs to make it more often, but he he keeps that one just for Saturdays because it's great to dip in like a spaghetti sauce or some kind of sauce. I like to take it home and put pizza toppings on it and put mm-hmm. it back in the oven it's it's delicious. Otherwise, probably are, are really, he makes it every day is a crusty Italian bread. It's a crustier outside bread with big air pockets on the inside. So it's not good for making sandwiches, but it's really good with any kind of dinner. So let's talk about your promotion for April in regard to Parkinson's awareness. How did that come about? Why is that uh, initiative that you feel so strongly about supporting? Um, so back, sorry, um, back in 2016, my mom was diagnosed with, well, that's when she told us okay. that she had Parkinson's. Um, she had been diagnosed a couple years earlier, but had, um, was still trying to decide how to tell the kids that she had been diagnosed with Parkinson's. And as we were discussing that, um, and I was doing research on it, trying to figure out what Parkinson's was other than I knew that Michael J. Fox had it. That was really my only 
tie to that. Yeah. And so I was doing some research on the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's research and noticed that you could do, you know, that he, it was a fundraiser. And so we decided that that was something we were going to fundraise for. And shortly thereafter, my father-in-law was also diagnosed with Parkinson's. Oh, wow. And so it became just kind of doubly special to us that we, we raise money to find the cure. The, um, the reason we do it, Parkinson's is hereditary. Okay. And so we do it for our kids because we know having, having it on both sides yeah. of the family makes it more likely that they will um, go through that. And mm-hmm. I just, my mom is also our lefsa maker. And so she's in the bakery every December making fresh lefsa. Yeah. And lately she has been telling me that I'm going to have to do this myself because with her Parkinson's, her tremors are becoming more and yeah. it's harder for her to, to roll out the lefsa. Yeah. So for anyone that hasn't experienced Parkinson's in their life or, or isn't, um, you know, hasn't been around someone with it, what are some of the impacts that it has on your body and your health? So she has, uh, it's, it's balance issues. It's um, tremoring. Even if you're just sitting, your hands shake. Uh, it's almost kind of like a dementia Alzheimer's where she can't really remember conversations. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it just kind of watches, it's me watching her kind of struggle through that. There are some great programs that she's doing uh, to try and, you can kind of slow it down, Mm -hmm. the the progression of it, but you can't stop it. Okay. Not yet, at least, right? Right. And that's why... Keep hoping. Yeah. And and so uh, what do you do in the month of April to help the Parkinson's Research Foundation, is that what it is? It's Michael J. Fox, uh, uh, yeah, Parkinson's Research Foundation. I forget all the, um, <laughs> so <laughs> when I was doing, when I was doing the research on Parkinson's and at the Michael J. Fox Foundation website, his daughter had held a bake sale in the very beginning when Michael, and she sold s'mores cookies. So I thought, well, this is perfect. This is something we can do. So every April, April, we sell s'mores cookies, and part of the proceeds of those goes towards the Michael J. Fox Foundation. And so let's say there, so I also came from the sales world. Let's say there's a sales rep out there that wants to buy cookies for all of their customers um, with ample notice. You could definitely support something like that if they wanted to do it in honor of, in honor of Parkinson's awareness for April, if they wanted to order all s'mores cookies, right? Yes. Yeah, we definitely could. It's something that's very near and dear to us. Um, I get a lot of requests for donating to other causes, and I think all of them are wonderful causes, but we choose to donate to Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had somebody say to me one time that they appreciated that we chose something near and dear to us and something that maybe doesn't get as much limelight as some of the other foundations and causes yeah for you guys this is so prevalent in your life that it makes sense that you would throw your everything into it Mm -hmm. yeah it it is it's it's wonderful in fact i just connected with a gentleman yesterday who is in hudson and he also has his mother has parkinson's and he does a what is it called peloton for parkinson's and so at the end of this month they're going to be doing a 14 hour Peloton ride and we are donating cookies um, for 
for the after party when they are done. Wow, that's really cool. So I'm sure there are probably a lot of different fundraisers where you can connect through this as well. Yeah. And just find and, and almost be a support network for those that are uh, supporting family members that are dealing with Parkinson's. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love that you are doing that all through the month of April. So is April a national recognition month for Parkinson's? Um, so April, yes, is National Parkinson's Awareness Month. And that's why we picked this month to support that cause. Got it. What is the future going to hold for Bread Art? You know, we are just looking to to keep growing our customer base, um, keep keep growing our our restaurants. We've got some new partnerships coming up that we are hoping will take off. Uh, we also provide the pizza crust for Pitchfork over in Hudson at Exit Four, and that has been a fantastic partnership. Um, so we're just looking to keep going with. Meeting new friends and new customers. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not looking to become a giant warehouse bakery. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) So always keep the character. Tell everyone where they can find you. So we are at 110 North 3rd Street in Bayport. 3rd Street is the same as Highway 95, if you're familiar with that, or Exit 1 in Minnesota, or... I always tell people we're just across the street from Woody's. Most people know where Woody's Bar is. And you have your website? Yes, it's um, breadart.biz, B-I-Z. And currently, it is under construction, trying to get a little facelift and a little updating. Wonderful. And which social media platforms are you on? We are on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being a part of getoutandtry.com as well. It's great to have some local bakeries on there, especially you guys, because you have such a great story. And I love the character of you guys being a small mom and pop bakery shop. Well, thanks. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of those small ways that you can help support the podcast and help others to find it. Make sure you're also visiting getoutandtry.com often, keeping you connected to the calendar of fun and happenings in the St. Croix Valley area. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.